going to be studying the next position in title of the Lord, or our next title position of Jesus, which is the Lord. And uh, so this is entitled, Lord Before Abraham Was, I Am. So from an uh, important section of Scripture, John chapter 8. And so what we've been doing the last uh, several weeks is we began a new sermon series on uh, rediscovering Jesus. And so the whole point of this matter, in case you've forgotten or this is your first time tuning in, is that many of us come to the Lord and come to Jesus knowing Him strictly as Messiah, as Savior. Which is a wonderful, beautiful thing, obviously, and a very important thing to know Him as Savior. But there is more to His character than the Messiah, the Christos. There's other elements to Him. And so we began two weeks ago uh, with an understanding of that this is even a question that Jesus is bringing forth to the disciples. Well, who do you, disciples, my closest students, who do you say that I am? It's good, David. And we had a response that you can't really understand who Jesus is. You can't say who he is until you understand his title and position of things. And the Lord actually then also says something about us. Who does he say that we are? It's good. And they work together. And then, and then last week we, we looked into yet, I guess, essentially the second title. Because the first title that we looked at was the Son of the Living God. The second title that we looked at is the Word, the Logos, the divine reason. That Jesus is the divine reason for all things that have ever existed and ever will exist. We said, what is the embodiment of that divine reason? It is love. Love made manifest. And that's what we did last week. And so this one uh, is the one that really gets Jesus in trouble. This is the title, not just the title, but a position of authority that is going to get Jesus in a whole lot of trouble. And that is that Jesus, Yeshua, is, in fact, Lord. Let's go ahead. Come on. And so, John chapter 8. So, John chapter 8, let's take a look at uh, verse 51. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word... He shall never see death. Then the Jewish people said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And you say, If anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead? And the prophets are, who are dead. Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who honors me of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. I should be a liar like you, but I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you have seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Take a look in your text, it's going to be capitalized, I am. Yep. And then they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so he passed by. All right. There are a couple major declarations that are happening in this, uh, this setting right here. He says, before Abraham, he existed. 
Now, what is this saying to the community at the time? He's saying that he has been and he is everlasting and he is the eternal. But not just that, right? In Jewish thinking, particularly then, even now, when Abraham is like the God. I mean, it's the faith of Abraham. It's Abraham who is the father, who are the patriarchs. It's, it's Abraham that from his seed shall be the nation of Israel. This is like, this is the God, right? He's the guy that was called out from the land of Ur. This is the guy who essentially begins essentially walking with God and being uh, in, in, within the confines of covenant with God and the birth of Judaism, biblical Judaism at the time. Come on. So what Jesus is saying here is that, in fact, he, Jesus has always existed and is eternal and is above even the religion of man. But then he makes another revelation. He says, I am. All right, what is I am? Well, we, 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 if, if, if you don't see it or if you don't understand it, you can see the response. How is it that if I just say before Abraham was, I am, he's now going to elicit a response to be stoned? Yeah. yeah you stone, that's not to give you bruises. To stone is to kill. Come on, yeah. yeah. And it's actually underneath the law of Moses. Um, in Leviticus 24, we actually see that if anyone blasphemes the name of God or, or pretends to be God himself, you are to stone him to death. This is a law underneath Moses, underneath that covenant. Uh, another thing that's very interesting is at the time, uh, which still exists today, uh, is a Talmudic interpretation of the law of Moses. And in one uh, section of rabbinical thought, uh, it's known as the Mishnah Sanhedrin, says this. The blasphemer is not guilty until he pronounces the name. Wow. So in Jewish thought at that time, even now, is the name of God, Yahweh, I am that I am, is so holy and so powerful and so special that if you mention the name, if you pronounce the name, you are blasphemy. And here is Jesus. Not just pronouncing the name, he's saying he is the name. Wow, come on. That is, right, the peace that gets him into a lot of trouble. And so what we need to know here is this. Jesus declares that he is Jehovah, he is Yahweh, he is it's Lord. It's good. Amen. He's not just a God, he's not just a Messiah, he's not just someone who's going to get you out of jail free card. He is the Lord and the embodiment of the living God on earth. He always existed and always will exist. That's good, David. Now, this is extremely, extremely powerful. And I think many of you like, can probably maybe even get to the punchline here. Is that, do you know Jesus as Lord? That's good. His authority over heaven and earth his authority over you. Not like, oh, that the Lord came to earth and saved me. That's great. I mean, that's, you know him as Messiah. Knowing me as Lord is, I submit to your Lordship. Yes, that's right. That needs to be taught again in the church. Before we get there, let's, let's fill out the story a little bit more. <clears throat> this is very, very unique. It says here, in verse 59, then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. 
going through the midst of them. The setting to this conversation is on the temple grounds. It's good, yeah. It's very important. And the temple grounds, the temple itself is in Jerusalem. And 2 Chronicles 6, 6 says, this is God speaking. The city of Jerusalem is where I have placed my name. Come on, let's go. And my habitation. So for those of you out there, I'm just going to be real with you. For those of you out there are like, oh, yeah, 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 Israel, or rather Jerusalem, should be in the hands of some international community. Come on, David. Or should be in the hands of the Palestinians. You're not reading your Bible. The city of Jerusalem is the Lord's. It's His city where He's placed His name on, and He has given it to one people. Come on. So I just want to throw that out there. It's just a little extra. Come on. Good. But come on. You, you have them all having this conversation in the city where the Lord said, I have placed my habitation. And I placed my name on that city. Wow. That's a good word, man. Now, the temple itself. What is the temple in this Old Testament context? The temple is the meaning place. The temple is the meeting place where God and man get to commune together through sacrifice. What's the importance to this set, guys? In the temple, which is all about the meeting between God and man, you have a people that miss the meeting. Wow. They miss the meeting. They have God incarnate, Jesus, who has just declared, I am Yahweh, I am the eternal God. And are right here, and they're missing it in the setting of the city, which is God's holy habitation, and right outside of the meeting place of God, the temple that was built by man's hands. Come on, man. And now God himself is like, I'm outside of the temple. I'm right here. Here is the meeting. And they miss it. Come on, David. Ah, 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 ah. Now, before we cast stones... Yeah, come on. Let's look in our own eye for a moment. Here's a question. In our pursuit of worship and in our Christian walk, do we miss the meeting between God and man? Come on, David. Well, I'm just at my house watching worship on a device. No. You are meeting God in worship. Have you, in the last hour, dismissed the meeting? Wow. When you go to your church and you're there, are your eyes sitting, are you placing your eyes on the temple structure, but you've missed the meeting? Come on, David. So here it is. Let's go. When our eyes are on the temple, we can miss who we are worshiping. When our eyes are on the temple, we can miss the purpose of the meeting. We can miss who we are intended to meet. Who are we intended to meet? God. The full God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The full God. What is the purpose? Worship. 
Essentially, a big purpose to this is placing God into his lordship in your life. Come on, David. Yes, we engage and we enter into worship not to get something. Sam, submitting everything to your lordship. In this moment right now, I'm going to take moments. I'm going to take time out of the day, time out of the week and say, yes, this moment right now is, is, is everything is for you. And I want to place you into the place of lordship. I want to place you into the place of worship. Come on. Now, what was going on in the setting? It's the same thing that believers do today. See, in the context of the story, the, 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 the religious leaders could not see the meeting with God incarnate because their eyes were on the temple. Their eyes were on the physical structure of the building. Their eyes were set onto the glories of their own religion, of their own thought process, of their own tradition. The rites of sacrifices that, yes, God brought forth, but really what, what, what begins to happen is that there's an attempt by man to, to pursue his own holiness by his own means. But yet in this setting, holiness is dwelling there right with him. Come on. Because the purpose of the meeting and the place is putting God into worship. And so look, we have to take a look at this. And you know, this, is, this, this might be a little bit of a hard word for some of us. But it's time to get real. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but there are different types of Christians that show up to the temple today. There's different types of Christians that show up to church today. There are different types of Christians that show up to the meeting, the meeting of the presence of God. And I don't know if I covered all of them, but here, here are quite a few. Uh, first one, the social club, community center, Christian. Uh, this is a person, I, I, I've had to deal with them you know, quite a bit, especially since we are a smaller church. And this is the, the Christian that goes to church and goes to the meeting, not to place the Lord into his lordship, but this is the type of person that says, I want to come and see what kind of ministries can help me and help my family. Mm. What ministries do you have? Which Bible studies do you have? What youth groups do you have? Which college career group do you have? What singles person class do you have? What class, what class, what class? What can you do for me? Now, in a healthy church, there should be avenues where there are people and events that are taking place. Absolutely. But this is a place of the heart where I'm going to go into the tabernacle. I'm going to go into the presence of God to see what I can get. Wow. What I would rather see is, hey, your, your youth ministry needs a little help. Yeah. Can I help? Come on, David. Hey, the worship team needs X or Y or Z. Can I help? I see that you don't have a college age group. Can I help? Can I be a part? Can I be in this, right? That's, a, that's one type of, of Christian that shows up to the temple. Uh, the next one uh, is the social gospel guy, the social gospel girl. This is a person that comes into the meaning place of God and says, I don't want to offend. Uh, this is the type of person that only has a focus, and I want to stress this, really only has a focus on alleviating the physical problems in society. Mm -hmm. right. yeah. 
What can we do to help poor people? What can we do to help with racial uh, tension and race division? What can I do to, 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 to take part in helping a soup bank? What can I do for this? What can I do for that? Now, these are all parts of the gospel, but it's not the full gospel. It's good, Dave. And so there is a contingency, particularly in this more recent generation, that their eyes are on the focus of the social gospel, and their eyes are not on the holiness and the lordship of Jesus. Come on. And it's very, very, very important. It's good, man. The next. The, uh, the guilt-ridden one. You know, I need to go to church... Because it's, uh, you know, it's what I'm, I'm supposed to do, right? I mean, I'm supposed to go to the temple. I'm supposed to give a couple coins. I'm supposed to buy a couple doves. I'm supposed to give all the sacrifice. I'm going to go and, like, go eat my shawarma at Like, I'll go to the temple as long as it does not really interrupt with the Eagles game. Like, I just, uh -huh. I go because that's what you're supposed to do, and it's what I've always done. Mm. Yep. Amen. Come on, David. The meeting is to meet God yeah. with your brethren and to extol the Lord into his lordship into your life. The next one, we all can't stand these people. I think we all can agree on this. The holier-than-thou crowd. Right? Come on, man. Come on. Yeah, that comes to temple, they're the Pharisee. They're the Sadducee. Really, they're a Pharisee. The one who's trying to bring forth their political gain. This is uh, the person that comes to the temple of the Lord, and it's all about their views and their politics and my revelation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know what you don't know, and this is why you should listen to me. And you're doing this wrong. Wow. There's no place for lordship. It's all placed, essentially, you making yourself lord over your brothers and sisters. Yeah. It's true. Right? Yeah, it's true. Uh, the next one. The celebrity image seeker. This is uh, the person that goes to the temple and is like, I'm a priest. These are my giftings. These are my talents. You need me. I'll be able to get everything better. I'll be able to do it. You need me. I need to puff up my ego. I'm such a great this. I'm such a great that. Uh, and uh, you need to use me because I'm going to be able to do the right thing in your church and do whatever. Grow the numbers. Have a really awesome worship time. A worship set, blah, blah, this, that, and everything. It's like, whoo! Come on. I see the Lord in that, my friend. Mm. But there's also a flip to this coin. It's not just the person with the gifting and the talent. It's a person also who feels special and unique if they're under a celebrity's ministry. Yeah, that's kind of so true. That's right. I, I, honestly, I have, I, have, I have no problem with the big celebrity ministries. They're doing a work. Yeah. And their arm and their reach is magnificent. And that's awesome. But if you find yourself needing to place yourself underneath that to feel special and unique, you've missed the Lordship of Jesus. That's a good word. That's right. Worshiping the wrong Lord. I mean, if you feel the need to like go to every conference under the sun, you have to evaluate why. That's good, David. Are you seeking man and being special and unique because you are a follow, follower of Paul or a follower of Apollos? 
That's an important one. It's good, one. It's good David. Uh, the next one is uh, probably the, the, the one that gives leadership the most problem. <laughs> the warped scripture Christian. This is the person who takes scripture and bends it to create any kind of desire they want. It's usually this. Uh, I am here in the temple because the Lord is going to do something for me and give me a blessing. Come on. It's all about blessing. Now, does the Lord want to bless you 100%? Absolutely. Yeah. But your intent to come into the house of the Lord is just simply to seek a blessing of the Lord, right? Yeah. It's all about, like, I need to forget about struggle, forget about difficulty, forget about submission, forget about all that stuff. Like, Jesus is all here just to bestow upon me his heavenly blessings. Now, does he want to bestow upon you heavenly blessings? Yes. But he wants to mold you into his image. It's good. Even more. Amen. It's right on. on. Which, which is interesting. I, I don't know if I've ever really heard someone who quotes Ephesians talking about, isn't that the most ultimate heavenly blessing? Lord's going to give you everything according to right, what's in heavenly blessings through Christ Jesus. Like, he's going to give you the healing. He's going to give you the money. He's going to give you the ministry. Everything that's in heaven is yours. Well, one thing that's in heaven is the holiness and the lordship of Jesus. Amen. Come on, David. That's great. How would that heavenly spiritual blessing? Come on. Okay. I'll be honest. I want that one more than anything else. Oh, amen. I want that more than the money. I want that more than the healing. I want the lordship of Jesus Christ and that spiritual blessing. So, what type of Christian are you? Which one are you when you walk into the house of the Lord? Or better yet, now you can't physically come into this house. Your house is on the couch watching this online. That's a good word. Why are you here, right, is what we're getting here. Well, praise the Lord and thank the Lord that there is a seventh one. And that is the person who knows the Lordship of Jesus the Messiah. See, this is the person that doesn't just know Jesus' title and his position as Savior. This is someone who could declare like Paul, I know the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, dude. Now, what does this person look like? This person chooses. Doesn't happen passively. This person chooses to be a bond servant of Christ. That's great. That's right. They, they choose to lay down their life. This is the person that has received the revelation that Paul received. 1 Corinthians 6.20. It's, 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 I have been purchased. I have been purchased by the blood of Jesus. My life is no longer my own. He is Lord, and then therefore I need to have him have kingdom, dominion, and lordship on my life. Sir Galatians 2.20. This is Paul speaking, man. This is where is this, man? We need to get this back in our souls. This is Paul. I have been crucified with Christ. Oh my goodness. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. I just want to ask you this question. What, can you say that? Can we say that in our heart? Can we say that in our mind? I have been crucified 
with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It's a good word, dude. Come on. Look, it's okay if we're not there yet. It's okay if we're like, I have not completely laid my life down yet. The important thing is what's your desire? That's right. What's your desire of why? And why you've come to the Lord? And why you've come to faith? And why you come into the place of meaning of the temple and the church of God? Why, 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 why are you here? Why, why, why are you doing it? You can be on the path. You can say, I have the desire to be that. And that is my intent. And that is my desire. But yet not quite be there yet. You can't absolutely do that. And so really, guys, all of this is a question between position and title. It's good. I would, I would say this. You, you really view Jesus only as Messiah if you find yourself continually saying this or thinking this in your spirit. What can you do for me? What can you do for me? Lord, I, I need a new job. Can you do this for me? Lord, I, 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 need, a, I need a spouse. To do this for me. Lord, I need a healing. To do this for me. Lord, I, I need this. I need this. I need this. I would say that you really only know him as that savior. Perfect person who's going to provide the salvation for your present situation. That's good. But the position of lordship first comes to him and says, not what you can do for me. No, what can I do for you? Come yeah. on. That's right. How do I submit my life to you? Yes. Take my life, Lord, in a spiritual sense. Take it. It's yours. It's good. And then everything else will come out of it. That's right. And so, look, we have largely in the church, I think we have largely have forgotten the lordship of Jesus Christ. Yep. I don't want to go to church because I don't feel like it. I don't want to read the Bible because I don't feel like it. I want to get rid of these things in my life because I don't feel like it. It's good. Jesus is Lord. And he is Lord over your life whether you make it or not. Come on, David. He is that Lord. And so... You know, I'm reflecting on this. I was just thinking, like, you know, I think in the church today, particularly in America, we have plenty, 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 plenty of ministries and ministers of finance. Like ministries that are, are going to help you and teach you how to get what you need, what you want, and the money. We have plenty of ministries and ministers of counseling. Come on. It's like money and your mind and your emotions. Like we have so many of those people. And I, I, I mean, I'm going to apologize on the front end. I'm just going to shoot it straight. Shoot it straight, bro. Just shoot on. it straight. Every once in a while, my, my, my New Yorker comes back, back out. I'll tone it down a little bit, but I'm just going to shoot it straight. Because I really, really want to see revival. I really, desperately want to see lost souls get saved. And so I'm just going to shoot it straight for you. Come on. Do you know, I want to tell you, do you know, do you really know that the problems of your life, 
The problems of your emotions, your problems of your finances, your problems of your inner spiritual need for healing. Do you actually know that all of them would be rectified if you understood and practiced the ministry of the Lordship of Jesus in your life? Come on, dude. Look, is your baggage that you have to deal with? Yes, but I'm telling you, you know, go talk to a counselor, absolutely. If you're dealing with uh, depression and, and suicidal thoughts and anxiety, go talk to a financial advisor if you're having some problems. Go get your stinking resume worked out and fixed and apply for jobs if you're doing that, yes. But I am telling you, you can do all of that and you're still gonna have future mess. How many job interviews have you been on? How many counselors have you gone to? And you think you have everything mapped out. And a couple months later, a couple years later, you're back to where you were. We need to practice and understand the Lordship of Jesus. And so I told you, I'm gonna be shooting it straight. Come on, Dave. Do you have economic hard times? The first thing, if anyone came up to me, and I don't think they've ever had, is interesting. You have legitimate economic hard times. The first thing I would respond to you is, do you make Jesus Lord over your wallet? Do you make Jesus Lord over your needs and wants? Do you tithe consistently? That's good, Dave. But, 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 I, I really don't have much money right now to tithe. Say that to the widow's mite. Come on. But, 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 I, I can't afford all my bills. Okay, if, if you have stripped away your Netflix, if you stripped away your internet. Come on. If you stripped away going out to eat, if you stripped away buying new clothes, if you stripped away all those things and like your kids are at the place of not being able to be fed. I would say, okay, we gotta do something. But in this church, if you got to that place, there's gonna be like 20 people that are already surrounding you to help you. True. Look, I, and to, to, to make this safe, I'm not even saying tithe to this church. Come on. The Lord doesn't say tithe to that church. He says tithe unto him. Come on, David. I am not doing this because right now you know that there's people who have not made Jesus Lord of their wallet who immediately like, oh, this preacher is going to be talking about he just wants money. I don't want your money. I don't need your money. I have a full-time job outside of ministry. I do not need your money. Come on. And I don't want your money. Come on. I want the Lord to be Lord over your wallet. It's a good word, Dave. I want the Lord to be Lord over every cell of your being. Come on, Dave. Yes. Talk about. And so I am telling you, if you are repeatedly in economic hard times, you need to go to the Lord and say, "Have I made you Lord of my wallet? Have I tithed consistently?" It's good, Dave. I might say it's got to be ten percent. I might say it has to be fifteen percent. I don't know what it is. But you do when you go to the Lord. Yeah. And I just want to encourage you in this because like, I never teach on tithing because people are so bruised from it. <laughs> and if you're bruised from the, the teachings of tithing, it means that money is Lord over your life. 
That's good, Dave. Come if on, you are man. that sensitive about giving unto the kingdom of God, money is Lord over your life. Fine. I'm just shooting straight in New York, okay? <laughs> good. But this is what's so beautiful. God himself says, test me. Amen. God himself says, test me in these things. Test me in finances. Yeah. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. This is beautiful. And, this is God speaking, and try me. This is, I don't know how often this is said in scripture. Only time. Only time, thank you. This is crazy. Like, you're not supposed to test the Lord thy God. Here, he's essentially saying, test me. With money, God says, test me. That's a good word. Come on, dude. What do you mean, test me? Test me, try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the window of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Come on. Do you hear what God is just saying? I want you to test me. People are like, but I don't have the money to give. God says, test me. I want you to test me. This is the only time, according to Jose, which is pretty good authority on such things, to, 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 he actually says, I want you to test me. See if I'm going to provide for you. So give the time and watch me and see that I don't. Of course I will. Come on, man. See, this is talking about bringing the lordship of Jesus on your life. Come on. Amen. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not saying this 10%. I'm telling you right now, I'm not saying you have to tithe here, although I think it's a very appropriate thing to tithe to the church that's feeding you. Yeah. Mm. Give money to the ones that are feeding you the word of God. It's very important. It's a place of honor. But just tithe to the kingdom of God. Make him Lord. And watch him. Test him in this. Um, you know, another place of lordship. Anxiety, depression, marital problems. Look, I'm, I'm all for you getting counseling. I'm all for you seeing doctors. That is a wise thing to do. But I'm telling you that it, it really is going to come down to a place in the road where you have to say, I'm going to surrender my mind to you. And counselors, I think, at least good biblical counselors, will teach you and train you on how to do that. Because I can just be like, yeah, submit your mind to the Lord. It's like, well, let's, let's figure out how we're going to do that. Right. Exactly. And I think that's a place of some teaching, which we've taught on here, emotional and uh, healing. Uh, and maybe wise to go to a, a counselor. But I'm telling you that essentially it's this. Uh, if you surrender your mind to what the Lord says about you. Yes. That's right. It's gone. Gone. Word, Come on. Your marrow problems will be gone when you say, I'm going to allow the Lord to justify me. I'm going to be slow to speak and quick to listen. I'm going to be gentle. Yeah, that's a good word, bro. I'm not going to hold animosity. I'm not going to be, have to try to prove to my spouse that I'm right. I'm going to love yeah. and lay down my life. Yes. You do that, it's like, how can a marriage not work out? Unless, of course, the spouse is like, I'm out, and I'm no longer serving the Lord. That's right. That's the only way. That's the only way. 
Look, man, in all of this, before Abraham was, I am. He, he, Jesus, gave it all for you. He sees the value in you. You don't have to get the value from your spouse. You don't have to get the value. Probably most important, you don't get value from your own mind. My mind tells me that I need this, and I need to do this, and I'm not good enough, and I'm this, and I'm that, and blah, 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 blah. That's your mind saying that to you. You have to say, all right, I'm not going to listen to that now, but what does God say about me? Well, what does that matter? It matters what your mind says about you. No, it doesn't. It matters what the Lord says about you if he is Lord yes. over your life. Right, look one. I know it's 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 not it's not always you know goosebumps and giggles here, but it's the word. He's the Lord, yeah. and lordship is so important. And I'm telling you right now, you're not going to see a revival without lordship. I'm telling you right now, That's you're true. not going to see your family saved until lordship. I'm That's telling true. you right now, you are not going to see the spreading of the gospel and a great awakening on planet Earth until you see lordship. It's true, David. You're not going to see blessings in your finances until you get lordship. So there's plenty of people that have lots of money that don't know lordship, and that's kind of a conundrum, right? <laughs> but it's got to be founded in lordship. That's right. Because he's lord, and he's a holy god. Keith Green says it this way. That's what lordship is. Christ reigning as supreme authority over our life. Making Jesus Lord of our life is not something passive. It's not a state of being. It's a state of doing. It's good. It's really good. Come on. Those whom Jesus recognizes as his own are those who do the will of the Father in heaven. Come on. It's good. Amen. You got to do something. Those of us that were at the James Bible study, right? Be doers of the word, not just hearers. And lordship is a place of doing. It's where you position your heart. You position your mind. You position your emotions. You position your body. He's saying, I want you to be Lord. Jesus will recognize those that are his by those who do the will of the Father. John chapter 8, verse 52. Then the Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead and the prophets. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, she'll never taste that. We see it again. It's all, it's all over. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16 verse 24. And Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come here, let him deny himself and take up a cross and follow him. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It's pretty straightforward. If you desire to follow Jesus, you need to lay down your life. What is laying down your life? Placing the Lord as Lord in your life. A, a failure to make Jesus Lord. Let's, let's move into a little bit of teaching before we close up. 
people don't make Jesus Lord of their life. Why? One I would say is you simply you have not encountered Jesus the Lord. You've encountered Jesus the Messiah. You go and you say, what can you do for me? And you've not seen, and you've not felt, and you've not experienced the holiness of a God who always was and always will be. You simply have not encountered that meaning. And I don't necessarily blame you because Christianity in the West is all about the Lamb of God and the love of God and the grace of God. There's a God who's holy, who says, if you want to follow me, you need to do my word. Yeah. You got to get that part. And so maybe you just simply have not learned this. Maybe you simply have not understood that concept. To know him, to rediscover him as Lord, is to extol him and submit to his lordship. That's the gospel. But maybe you simply have not encountered that yet. A, a second reason why we, a person may not be going and, and making Jesus Lord is this. You don't want to submit. Uh, maybe you have been hurt by people and hurt by people in authority. And therefore, you, you want to control your reality. You, you feel the need to control it and to submit to God. Even God, this, this being that you can't see, you just can't do it because you've been so hurt and you've been so bruised. It's good, Dave. Come on. Yeah. Then, then we need to come alongside of you. Yeah. And I think we'll find out we pray deliverance. The third one, I'll be quite honest, I, I think is the one that really governs what's happened, and is this. You are Adam or Eve. You have eaten from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Remember, the, the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is not the knowledge of information. It is becoming the author of what is right or wrong. You are the arbiter of truth. It's good. But, but I don't have enough money to give something to the Lord. Okay. Logical statement in your mind. It's just not what God says. He says the opposite. Testing. Testing. Give unto the Lord. But my mind says that I'm, I'm, I, and I just feel this way. I get it. It's rational. In some regards. But that's not what God says about you. And I understand that the jump between both of those things, the finances and the feelings in your mind, that's quite a jump. But you have to come to a place of, do you desire? Do you desire for Jesus to be Lord of your mind? That's good, Dad. And do you desire for Jesus to be Lord of your wallet? And I'll be honest, I don't think many people do. I think they want Jesus to give them a lot of money. That's good, come on. And they want Jesus to bring them into places of authority. But they don't want the Lordship of Jesus that's going to get you there. 
It's good, Dave. Come on. Look, there's a new tree of life. There's a new tree of life. There's a new Adam and there's a new tree of life. The new tree of life is the tree of the cross. Come on, that's good, bro. That's so good. Eat of that tree. Come on. Eat of that body. Yeah. Eat of that blood. Yes. And eating of that, you say, no longer is it my life. That's good, bro. My life is not mine anymore. And I'm telling you, that is the life abundantly that Jesus was talking about. Look, to give you life and life abundantly is not like abundantly like I'm going to drive a Corvette now. I'm going to have a summer home down at the beach now. A life abundantly is a life that is so full because you no longer have your own life. And it's his life living inside of you. That's the place of abundance. The place of abundance is when we place Jesus as Lord over our life. And so fine, maybe he will give you a nice vacation home. But if he doesn't give you a vacation home, it doesn't even touch you because it doesn't matter. Because your life is not your own. It's all about making Jesus Lord. Come on, Dave. So all that stuff doesn't matter if I live in a wealthy zip code or a poor zip code or if I got a six-figure salary or if I got a five-figure salary. It actually does not matter because your life is not your own because he is Lord. Come on. That is a life that is liberating. That is a yoke that is easy to burden that is light. When you go to him and say, you are Lord, and then therefore the Lord of the matter takes care of his own. I don't have to worry about the provision. I don't have to worry about what I think about myself. That is the place of life abundance. And so he's not just Lord. He's specific types of lords. He's Adonai Sevaot. He is the Lord of heaven's armies. That's the lordship of your physical protection from germs and viruses and diseases. He's not just a Lord Yahweh. He is the Yahweh that is in charge of heaven's armies. And if I'm his son, he's got me. He's got me. He is Adonai Yireh, the Lord that will see to it, the Lord that provides. Finances? He's my Lord. He takes care of his children. If he is the Lord, the Lord that provides, he will provide. In fact, he tells me, I want you to test me. And he's Lord of the mind. Of course, Lord, over emotion. Yes. And so closing up here, John 11. This is the story, excuse me, of Martha, Lazarus, and Jesus. I'm sure many of you are familiar with the story. Lazarus is in Bethany. He's dead. He's been in the tomb. Martha and Mary are freaking out. Jesus, if you were just here, you would have saved Lazarus. So let's take a look. John chapter 11, verse 24. Jesus said to, actually 24. Uh, let's, go, let's go verse 24. Chapter 11, verse 24. 
Martha said to Jesus, I know that he will rise again, Lazarus will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Martha said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And then Jesus goes to the tomb. He declares, take away the stone. He says, Lazarus, come forth.
Father, I pray right now to, to the people who roll their eyes at tithe and offering. That's good. Father, I just declare right now in the spirit that we're not going to allow mammon and money to become their Lord. Yes. But that Jesus is Lord. Cause. Lord, those people who have made their own image and their own ego and their own talents and their own giftings their Lord. Father, we just pray a submission to the Holy Ghost right now. Your Lord. Father, we just pray, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, like you came over Martha. Like you came over Peter. That we can say you are Lord. And Lord, I, guys out there, I'm just telling you, I, I'm just taking this and I'm passionate. I'm a, I'm a little, I'm impassioned for this and, and I'm bold in this because I desire for the name of the Lord to be hallowed on planet Earth. I want to see a great revival of souls. I want to see people get set free. Yes, when we receive Him as Savior. But it also happens when we actively place Him into a place of Lordship in your life. It's good, Dave. Come on, bro. So that you can have life abundantly. Amen. Have a wonderful week. We will be resuming our Zoom meetings Wednesday. We will have our prayer meeting. And Friday, we will be continuing uh, the book of James. Please pay attention on Facebook for the various updates. And we're, we're going to just have Mario close out as he usually does with a time of just reflection and meditation on these ideas, Lord. Guys, just encourage you. Go to the Lord and say, Father, which things in my life, which idols, which things have to go? Which things have to be destroyed so that you really can be the Lord my life. Amen.